Anyone can be ready for back to school, but with Staples Connect, you can be more than ready. Like, I got everything for my classroom and saved a ton ready. They've got more backpacks, more pins, and more supplies than you ever thought possible. So double knot your shoes, gas up the Prius, and get your list ready. Staples has everything you need and more for the new school year. Let's do this. Just visit your nearest Staples store or go to staplesconnect.com for inspiration. From the moment I saw you, I went out of my mind. Though I never believed in love at first sight. But you got a magic boy that I just can't explain. Well, you got a, you got a way that you're making me feel I can feel I can do anything for you, baby. I'll be down for you, baby. Lay all my cards out tonight. Just call on me, baby. I'll be there in a hurry. It's your move, so baby, baby, decide whatever you want from me. Go ahead, you sis. Good. Take it you away. You got it. You got it. I'm giving you, you everything. I'm your baby tonight. I'm giving you ecstasy. You are my fantasy. I'm your baby tonight. Very nice. Whew. Thank you. Thank you. That was nice. Thank you. Yeah, you stayed in this. Appreciate it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> happy heavenly birthday to the one and only Elizabeth. You better know. Uh, uh, Whitney Elizabeth Nippy Houston. You better know. We will always celebrate, honor the legacy, the legend. I'm still very much grieving. So I just, you know. We're we're gonna Ooh. be grieving forever. Like, you know, Nippy Nippy deserved more. She deserved more. It's in this hard life. to believe that it's been so long, but yes, uh, we will always honor and respect the Queen. Uh, praise the Lord, niggas. Yeah, praise the Lord, niggas. Mm. I, How are I'm you? Present. I'm I'm here and excited to be back again at the kitchen table. How are you? Yes, I too am present and here, and I'm happy we're here. We are, you know, we are. It's always a good time to sit down with each other and you all. Indeed. Um, and you know, things seem to be just kind of like normalizing a smidge. So it's nice to to get back into a little bit of routine. I'm grateful. I will not Wonderful. complain. Gratitude is always the best attitude. Bars. Okay, you want to get on into it? I think we got some trash to get into. Let's get into this trash. It's trash time. <laughs> so, oh, that was cute. I, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jingle. Okay, that was cute. Um, so I want to start out with some happy news. And you know, this is a this is a slight honoring to our sister Kia because oh, Yeah, just a slight one. Okay. Just a slight one. You know. I know you're not from Yonkers, but you're from next door. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, indeed. You're from next door. And 914 is the that's area right. code. That's right. 
Westchester the White is Plains. the county. That's, That's right. right. That's White right. Plains is where Key is from. Westchester. She's from Westchester, though. Period. So, in Yonkers. Oh, yes. D-Block. <sighs> the Locks. They have been honored with keys to the city. Yes, they and have. Rightfully I'm just, deserved. So I mean, deserving. just so much so. And, I mean, they have just represented the city, the county, Mm-hmm. And, you know, their their accomplishments and accolades, the receipts are there to, to show and prove the impact that they have had on the culture as evidenced by the massacre that happened down to the verses the other night. That's it. Um, and <laughs> it was just a the wonderful super spreader. I mean, I mean, literally COVID-19. The Delta, Lambda, all COVID's line sisters, mm-hmm. line brothers mm-hmm. and sisters were uh, right there at the garden. And, you know, yeah. as, as Fat Joe said, God bless. <laughs> yeah. It COVID was the COVID was familia versus the yes. locks versus uh, Dipset. COVID was in there somewhere. God bless. That's what Fat Joe said. <laughs> it was in there somewhere. God bless. Okay. That's what he said. That's what he said. What and I just, I couldn't be more. I was like, listen, we must, we have to, we have to acknowledge the truth when we hear yeah, it. We do. We, I mean, you, listen, you know where, you know what, what, what you decided to do. Listen, he said COVID was in there somewhere. God bless. Uh, so, so it's the God bless. It was always he was like, and no, it's it, he, he did it like a like a black auntie, like yeah. a black mother because he said it twice. He said the COVID nineteen was in there somewhere. God bless. The COVID-19 was in there somewhere. God bless. You know when your mama says something twice, she's not playing. I'm not playing with you. I am not playing with you. When you say it the second time and slow down the cadence, that is a hallmark. That is that is very black. Of blackness. That is you know very what I'm saying? Black. And so when Fat Joe hit us with the... With I'm the, screaming. You know, I mean, I was like, I, you know, well, listen, I mean, that's when I know the truth is being stated. Okay. When you say it twice and Ooh. you say it like that, the truth is being stated. Okay. <laughs> so we all have to listen to it because it makes us what? Free. Yes. So Jada Kiss. Love it. Styles P and Chic Luke, who is yep. still fine after all of these years. Let me tell you something. Huh. So, uh, know, received the keys to the city of Yonkers. Mm-hmm. So we want to acknowledge that accomplishment because, I mean, they still are there. OK, mm-hmm, <laughs> they are still mm-hmm. they are still there. As Jada said, you know, he's not in Miami and he don't live in Denver. <laughs> OK, <laughs> he still be, you know, rough rider D block. OK, and, and that's how they be. He got and- 100 guns, 100 clips. Okay. And on top of that, on top of that, these niggas are doing things for the neighborhood. Period. Because they got, you know, they setting up parks. And let me tell you something. You know, we love to see a black man working out outside. Mm, I mean, okay. That's the pull best. Pull ups on the light Nature's post. Now gym. I know you a little, you're a little loose if you pulling up on the light post. That I know, but that doesn't mean that you don't look nice while you do it. Right. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> You know, I, I can't leave, I can't bring you home because I don't know what's happening over here. But <laughs> you are nice to look at as I pass by you this block. You are for the streets, but listen, you are we for the appreciate streets. you and your service from a distance. I'm leaving you in the streets like la da di da di da, <laughs> but I'll watch you. Yeah. And they are setting up state of the art, honey, state of the art fitness equipment in the park. Absolutely. For the community. And I love to see it. 
promoting healthy living, vegan mm-hmm. lifestyles. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the it's you know we just we just love to see the growth, the progression. Everyone was mm-hmm. at the verses looking youthful and yeah. moisturized. It was yeah. a good time. There was, was no 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 shots ring out. We no shots, and I mean it was good, healthy New York street talking and banter. Mm-hmm. I understand yeah. that many of you were alarmed and thought that streets were going. I mean, shots were going to ring out, but you have to understand that there's a certain level of trash talking that is inherent with this with this culture, this lifestyle, this time, this era of hip hop. Oh, yeah. Now and we so, shouldn't be kicking niggas in the chest. No, but no, no, yes. no, 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 no. But you know, it was just a, a healthy <laughs> dose of trash talking. It was. Company, you know, made for a wonderful experience. And so we speak. And you know Cameron speak. is king of, of shit talking. And not saying nothing. Okay. Okay. I mean. Okay, I keep the computers putin. Okay. <laughs> all flash, no substance. Okay. But we, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. You know, everybody played their parts and it was they a did. good time. But congratulations to the locks on their keys to the city of Yonkers. That's Absolutely. Great news. Absolutely. We love to see it. Absolutely. We love to see it. Um, so, you know, black athletes right now, mm-hmm. black athletes are really just doing what, what needs to be done. Uh, Kevin Durant um, and his shoulders, you know, they're quite large. Yeah. Uh, big up to PG County, Merlin. Okay, big up Merlin, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. from the curry out, the Dennis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He got uh, a gold medal at the Olympics in Tokyo yes, for basketball. And he ties now with Carmelo to be uh, one of the NBA players. I think top NBA player, or whatever, with uh, gold medals from the NBA. I mean, from the from the Olympics. Decorated. Highly decorated. decorated. Yes. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, Simone Biles. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Is tied for one of to, for the most decorated athlete gymnast yes gymnast thank you i think she's tied with (laughs) with shannon miller and i think you know Mm -hmm. if you i remember shannon miller's heyday um i think she's from like oklahoma or something Mm -hmm. um uh and uh this is a big deal um for simone to be out here you know even even you know i don't want to say despite but you know given the fact that she prioritized herself and her safety Mm -hmm. she still Mm -hmm. is out here being the goat and we just want to acknowledge that you know i think it's an awesome example since like especially given you know on the heels of last week's conversation when we talked about sacrificing Mm -hmm. um uh, for yourself in the face of public scrutiny uh you know it's it's proof positive that you can do what you need to prioritize yourself and your wellness and still be successful so absolutely absolutely very successful. so we want to shout her out to myra menza stock mm-hmm. um who won gold she became the first black woman to win gold uh for team usa in freestyle wrestling oh, uh which is super on. dope sydney mclaughlin delilah Mc- muhammad we're just we have black athletes out here just doing it and i I think it's a beautiful beautiful thing even if you ain't watching it we want to shout them out because they For are sure. doing work and they've worked really hard. They've worked really hard. Absolutely. Um, what else is going on? Oh. Uh-oh. So, uh, Nick Cannon was on the uh, Club de Desayuno. <laughs> and he was speaking about how he does not believe um, in the concept, the Eurocentric concept of creating a family with one person. Okay. 
He said it, it he said it classifies a person as property, which is, hmm. you know, how the white man believes. And it's ownership over a per he doesn't want ownership over a person. Um and th- therefore this is why he goes to make babies uh from uh hither to thither. Listen, okay, if 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 y'all felt the need to listen to these hotep teachings <laughs> down to the breakfast club table. I think that that is both your right and your business. Yeah. But I personally... I just wanted to see your face. ...have chosen to be left out of it. And you know what? I said on Twitter earlier today, part of me, sort of in my absent-minded habit of just sort of clicking links and seeing all things on the internet and just clicking mm-hmm. links... I clicked the link to to watch a clip from the interview. Whole Google Chrome app shut the computer completely down. <laughs> and I said, you know what? The Holy Ghost is speaking. And I just have to take this time to listen and be obedient in this moment. And I said, you know what, Lord? You are absolutely right. I don't have no business frying my nerves by listening to this mess. Oh, no, it makes me laugh. I, I sometimes I'll go through black Israelites listen. Facebook pages and, and I celebrate I mean, you. The memes are incredible. If, I tell you. Not, if you, that's why I think it's great. You know, there are those people who I think it's a gift if you were able to find the entertainment. You know, if you were entertained by this 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 kind of programming and you find it funny and it makes you laugh, then I think that that is a wonderful thing. But I know me. I know that I am the person who is not going to laugh, but I'm going to be agitated and bothered, annoyed. Know thyself, queen. And so I say, you know what, God? I'm not finna do this to my nerves today. And literally, the whole Google Chrome said, nope. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to push the issue. I'm I'm going to take this as the Lord moving in my life. And I oh, said, yeah, no, you, you know what? You got to see the signs. You got I'm to not, see the signs. I'm not, you know, Elmo and Chris Brown said, see the signs, they are everywhere. Yeah. Enter here, yeah. exit there. And I said, oh, I'm yeah. out, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, they really let Chris Brown be on Sesame Street. He, I mean, before he became a menace to society. Oh, that's right. It was before he was a menace. Absolutely. With his oh, talent himself. Okay. He, right, isn't it just disgusting? <laughs> just, a, just a talent. A talent. You just be looking at him with the nasty face like, boy, you know you you know you know can move around. Now, your like, voice boy, is not grown up so ever. Good. So good. But you're just so, you're just so good. That's what He's I the nephew. I, remember, I just wish that somebody, Denzel Washington, Will Smith, somebody would just call him and say, sit down. Like, <laughs> Please. Like, has he kinda, been sitting though? I feel like he's been sitting. Has he, he has been, been sitting? sitting, and I honestly feel like he's growing up a little bit because I feel like on I heard on Instagram or somewhere recently he was talking about how like he was disturbed by the fact that you don't really need to be ta- talented to be successful. Um, mm-hmm. And you know he responded to the baby's comments and was just like, "Listen, your job as a, as an entertainer is to get on the stage and do what oh, you've yeah. been assigned to do." Oh yeah, sounds like some lessons do. have been learned. And, yeah, I feel <laughs> like he has. You know, there is some. Some maturing happening. Okay, I'm not. And I don't want to speak too soon. I hope that he doesn't make me eat these words very soon with another, mm. uh, you know, bout Listen, of bad you, behavior. You, you don't have to uh, approve, applaud. You can. We, you know, we have all seen mm-hmm. how this boy has just really, like you said, been a menace, just I mean, caused just, mayhem. And we are all guilty of poor decisions. And I'm yes. not judging him. I too, at some points in my life, will probably be identified as a menace as well. But 
Uh, you know, I'm just saying facts are facts. <laughs> facts are facts. And so we have to call things things. Yes. Yes. Definitely. A demon, actually, my for myself. <laughs> um, so people have the right, they do have the right to yes. grow. Like we can hold people accountable, but on the same token, people are allowed to grow and they're allowed to change and they're allowed to say, yo, I fucked yes. up and I fucked up bad, but I learned from it. And I, I don't, I think that gets lost sometimes in, um, and it, let's be clear, that's because a great mass of these niggas don't want to be held mm -hmm, accountable, mm -hmm, right? Um, nobody is taking Jonathan's, because I'm not calling that nigga that anymore. No, nobody's, John, that's the oh. baby. Like, I didn't um, know what his name was. Nobody is taking his, his, his apologies because they're not sincere. You are apologizing because you doubled down on your bullshit, and now you're apologizing because you're losing money. But... For somebody where this, you know, this happened some time ago, I think there are times when people are allowed to grow and to say, hey, I really was yeah. in a bad way. Life is a journey. I, I won't move We're like that evolving. anymore. And I really hope that's the place Same. that he's in. Same. Listen, my father threw a windshield, a hammer through somebody's windshield Listen, one time. We've all, we all have our things. So... We, we, you know, we, we, we have all fucked up. Um, and that also is not to, 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 to at all say what he did was okay or that, you know, putting your hands on somebody's, we're not saying that at all, but this is specifically about growing and changing. Cause I think in this conversation that we're always having cancel culture, cancel culture, there are niggas, there, there are the R. Kelly's out here who need to just be buried up under the earth. And then there are people who are like, I was young. I was stupid as fuck. I was into some shit I didn't have any business being into, but I'm not that person anymore. And I think that does exist at times. Sure. So, anywho, um, that's pretty much it for the trash. We don't really have to go into too much more of this. I think that's enough. Shall we get to a shout out? My sister's popping right now. La, la, la. I'm excited for these shout outs. I love that you all are sending these emails and keep them coming. Yes. Um, so we have an email, obviously, and it is from a listener named Ivy, who writes in, Praise the Lord, Dr. Takiya and Chef Jade. I wanted to give a shout-out to myself, Ivy Wells, for the shout-out to my sis segment of Getting Grown. I started a company in the midst of the dreadful Polly Pocket called I Eat Water <laughs> in 2020. We are a mobile salad company in L.A., serving and teaching the BIPOC community the importance of eating their water for preventative health every Friday. Yes, we promote no-beige plates so All that right. you can properly moisturize your insides. Absolutely. Y'all know that's the language we like, which is why I pulled this up. For sure. High blood pressure, diabetes, and high cholesterol are the three major diseases that plague our community, but can be prevented by intentionally digesting a minimum of 64 ounces of water per day. Of course, depending on your body and activity, you'll need more, but 64 ounces is a great start. We've curated salads with high water content foods that are as hydrating as drinking a bottle of water. And all of our dressings are made from scratch, packed with antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. Our dressings are sold online at IEatWater.com if you would like to have one of our salads and it's not Friday. In 2020, we not only served salads to L.A., but also did two tours on the East Coast serving over 500 salads in which promoted the lifestyle of a waterarian. And so she breaks down what a waterarian is. It's someone that prioritizes eating their water, but that doesn't mean that you cannot uh, be recognized as a vegan, veg vegetarian, pescatarian, 
or even a carnivore such as myself and Dr. Kia. But you can find all of this at IEatWater.com or IEatWater.LA on Instagram. And obviously you all know we're going to have all of that information in the description box. I went to the website and there is a gar- it's made with uh, fresh garlic and lemons in the vinaigrette. It's just, I'm here for the salad dressing. I'm here for the movement. Y'all know, you all already know what our mantra is. So when I saw this email, it was only perfect alignment um, and kismet that we read this as our shout out this week. So make sure you all check out IEatWater.com um, and IEatWater.LA on Instagram. And again, all of that information will be in the description box. Love it. Keep sending us your shout outs. Tell us what you're doing. We want to announce it to the world. And let's move on to this kitchen table talk. We're all looking for the same things in life, beloveds. Honey, history books that actually report the truth. A new Rihanna album because she's playing in our faces as much as we love her. And skincare products that offer clinically proven hydration and leave your skin with a healthy, non-greasy, youthful glowing finish. I certainly can't help you with the first two. But Neutrogena, a dermatologist-recommended brand, has the skincare goals covered with their Hydro Boost Facial Care line. Honey, the line's Hydro Boost Gel Cream and the Night Press Serum are both clinically proven to strengthen the skin's moisture barrier and lock in hydration for 48 hours. You'll get intense hydration thanks to both products' hyaluronic acid, which has an ability to bind to water and literally hold it within the skin surface. Neutrogena's Hydro Boost Gel Cream, baby, is gel and a cream in one, is made with glycerin that penetrates the skin nine surface layers deep for longer lasting hydration. And Neutrogena's Night Press Serum will revitalize your skin overnight, letting you wake up to skin that's three times more hydrated. Made with purified hyaluronic acid and supercharged antioxidants, it's a pillow-proof formula that won't ruin your good sheets and blanket honey because it melts into your skin instantly. Both the gel cream and the night press serum are oil-free, dye-free, and non-commodogenic. So you know around here on Getting Grown, we don't play with ash, honey. We keep ourselves moisturized on the inside and the outside because our blacks will absolutely crack if it's dry. What I love about the Neutrogena gel cream and the night press serum is that both of them leave my skin so juicy and plump and moist, honey. I'm telling you, I put it on. At night, wake up in the morning, it's as if I just put it on. And, and I mean, my skin is so good. Like, I can literally walk out the door. But, I mean, you got to wash your face again in the morning. But, listen, you know what I'm saying. It's good stuff. You won't be sorry. The Neutrogena Hydro Boost line, it can be purchased at every major retailer. And you can start your hydration journey today at Neutrogena.com slash Hydro Boost. That's N-E-U-T-R-O-G-E-N-A dot com slash Hydro Boost. Boost. If you want a period product that looks out for your body, your lifestyle, the planet, you've got to try Flex. Flex is innovating period care with products that are body safe, made for comfort, and made to keep you moving. The Flex Disc is a one-time use menstrual disc that fits perfectly inside your body. It can be worn for 12 hours and holds as much flow as three super tampons hello it's unlike any other period product you've seen and you can wear it for mess-free period sex okay i know that is something that a lot are looking for 
Not myself, but a lot. If you want to go to zero waste, pick up the Flex Cup, a reusable menstrual cup with a patented pull tab that makes it the only cup on the market that removes like a tampon. So it's super easy. So I was a little hesitant about, you know, using any any cups or discs or anything of the like. But let me tell you something. I had to try the Flex Cup. I have to make sure that I distinguish between the two because they are different. I use the Flex Cup because you all know I like sustainable. It comes with a really nice little wash. I got a wash that you can wash the cup that is specifically for your Flex Cup. Um, And it's really great because, you know, we all deal with the frustrations. I'm speaking specifically to my fellow humans with periods who have issues like y'all know when you put on a pad and you go to sleep and then you get that little weird pad uh, uh, poop thing where it like gathers in the back and it gives you a wedgie. It's like, for what, what were you, what, what, what was the reason? And then you've got, you know, you got to find the right tampon for yourself. You know, some of us got nails now. Hello. <laughs> she confident. Um, and you know, you go and you, you put in a tampon, you pitch yourself. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> so many things you know what i'm saying and then you got to find the right tampon for your body that's the wonderful thing about the flex cup the flex cup is for me personally the flex cup is great because i love the pool tab option i get scared when i can't find things and i like to be able to rewash and reuse and it's very easy it's mess free i was hesitant initially but let me tell y'all something it's a good time (laughs) okay and the flex disc really shows you all that you can have a real good time so say goodbye to cramps Put sex back on the table and lend Mother Nature a hand. Go to flexfits.com slash grown and use code grown for 20% off flex disc, flex disc starter kits. What they trying to do to me? Or 10% off your first flex cup plus free U.S. shipping. That's code grown at flex, F-L-E-X, fits.com slash grown, grown, grown. All right. Uh, this week at the kitchen table, we are going to talk about reading. Not the kind of reading that Crystal talked about in Paris is Burning. Crystal LeBeja. <laughs> I'm Pepper LeBeja. I am mother of the House of LeBeja. LeBeja. I am of founder. the House of LeBeja, by the way. Not the founder. Crystal's the founder. I just rule I things just... now. <laughs> yes, Pepper. <laughs> yes, Paris is Burning. But yes, we're going to be talking about reading, but not that kind of reading. Um, mm-hmm. I, I found on the internet today that uh, Monday, um, August 9th, has been designated um, as National Book Lovers Day. And, uh, you know, as someone who has always loved to read and would consider herself a book lover, I figured mm-hmm. it would be fun for us to celebrate that day. Um, yes. And so I was just curious. I have a couple of questions here. Okay. Um, and I thought we could just talk about books for a little while. Let's do it. So would you consider yourself a book lover, sis? Um, I would consider myself a uh, former um, wannabe book lover, present day book lover. I love books. I was a huge reader as a up until I had a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then that just it just all went to shit. But uh, <laughs> before before eight years ago, yes, I was an avid reader and a huge book lover and we have 
a giant five shelf um, something feet wide bookshelf that is just (laughs) filled with literature. We love literature. Book Lovers Day is an unofficial holiday observed to encourage bibliophiles. Those are people, that's the the proper term for folks who love to read, to celebrate reading and literature. The day encourages uh, people to put away our smartphones and every mm-hmm. other technological distraction and pick up a book and read it for for at some point today. I love to read. I've always loved to read. I was the type of child. Remember mm-hmm. me and Brian at, at one point when when my parents got divorced and we moved in with my grandparents. There was a time when my mother, my brother, and myself, all three of us, shared a bedroom. Mm-hmm. Me and Brian slept. And bunk beds on one side of the room and my mother had a bed on the other side of the room. And so during that time, my mom would send us to bed and the nightlight was at the foot of the bunk bed. And there Mm -hmm. were many, many nights that I would literally be found at the foot of the bed reading by nightlight. Mm -hmm. And my mom would come in and fuss and I would beg for like 10 or 15 more minutes (laughs) so I could finish this Mm -hmm. chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but you know, reading was always an escape for me. I've always been a very, I, I say this now cause I feel like my imagine my vivid imagination at times I feel like con- is what contributes most to my anxiety, right? <laughs> because I can, mm-hmm. you know, cook up, you know, a very detailed, scary, worst case scenario in, a, in about three seconds. But the gift uh, and the curse of that, I guess the gift of that, um, is that, you know, I loved the way that books, words within the books, like literally painted mm-hmm. yep. pictures, movies that you can yep. like watch in, in your mind. And so, yes, which is I, why they were always disappointing when they were turned into them. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, so so I very much have always enjoyed reading and so okay wait um, so let's talk about some of these kids some of these series we read as kids because okay. I, I can get into this okay 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 so i will have to say if we go on early all the way all the way back to like like childhood maybe when i was about noah's age mm-hmm. um uh me and brian both had a very elaborate collection of berenstain bear books oh let me tell you every single one back when they had scriptures <laughs> I mean, I can literally see the book, like Mm -hmm. the Berenstain book and Mm -hmm. the truth, the Berenstain Bears Mm -hmm. and the truth, going to the Mm -hmm. doctor, the Berenstain Bears, forget their manners. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember I can see the covers of the books and I remember Mm -hmm. there was a toy chest that sat at the end of our um, bunk beds and like a shelf on top of that, that, that uh, toy chest where all of the books lived. And my church had a club... (laughs) A club uh, for kids uh, when we were younger called the Super Readers, and it encouraged mm-hmm. it. Cur- it, was, it was it was designed to encourage like reading time, like what parents would read to children, and eventually children would read to parents for fifteen mm-hmm. minutes every day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, me and Brian were a part of the group of children that were like the founding members of that group, and we you, yes. we would we would read the the Berenstain Bear books. Um, and like, you know, 15 minutes a day and we get all these awards. Like you read every day for 15 minutes for like one year, two years, 10 years, blah, 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 blah. blah. So the Berenstain Bears were a big part of that time. Yeah, I that then graduated. I graduated from the Berenstain Bears to 
Uh, do you remember? Okay, do you remember Cam Jansen with the photographic memory? There was a white girl with red hair, and she had a photographic memory. It was like the Adventures of Cam Jansen or something Cam like Jansen that. Cam Jansen mysteries. Yes. 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 Uh, <laughs> the Adventures of Cam Jansen were were uh, were a part of that book. I also uh, remember. Um, yeah, Cam Jansen, they, they were like the first, like my first, like they were like little mystery novels for, uh-huh. for kids. Um, I remember that. I also remember, do you remember Amelia Bedelia? I, first of all, <laughs> I bought Noah and Amelia Bedelia set. I just want you to know that because Ooh. for the nostalgia with her loopy ass. <laughs> Amelia Bedelia was like the first time that I knew that books could be funny. Like, yes. <laughs> Amelia Bedelia used to have me dying like um, because she was so cool she was a kooky loopy white she woman she was hilarious <laughs> okay and i'm like they need to make an amelia bedelia movie today like that okay would i would absolutely who who would you like to see play <sighs> amelia bedelia okay 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 i don't know i wasn't prepared for this let me think mm, who would be a good amelia bedelia and let me tell you i do not want to see anne hathaway play amelia oh bedelia. No, no 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 it would need to be somebody like and I don't want to see Emma Stone do it either. What's the lady that played? Um... I know who could play her. Who? Have you ever seen Bridesmaids? Yes. The 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 lead blonde lady from SNL and Bridesmaids could be Amelia Bedelia. I see that. I who see are you that. gonna say? Um, I don't know. She might be a little old to play her now, but back in her day, Sandra Bullock, I think, would have made a good she, Amelia Bedelia. She might have she might have been able to play an Amelia Bedelia. Um I'm trying to think but though. I, had to, I feel I, like there's I, gotta I had, be more. I haven't seen nothing of hers because after she came after the blind side came out, I could I didn't watch anything <laughs> going forward. <laughs> I just I didn't feel watch like that I or nothing after that, it. <laughs> that out of my memory. Um but yes, Amelia Bedelia. I, I was a big Babysitters a Club. Babysitters uh, Club. I was headed there next, child, because yeah. you know I had all of them, all of them books. I remember I can see the little. They came in pastel colors, like pink, green, yes. yellow, blue. I remember with our block letters, and then Babysitters Little Sisters came out later. But my sister was into the Babysitters Little Sisters. And I was into the Babysitters Club, and I read every. La- I had every last one of them. For the Berenstain Bears, we would go visit my. Um, sometimes we would go in the summer to go visit my great grandparents in Groton, Connecticut, which is literally one of the most boring places on earth. <laughs> and the only thing we were able to do was walk to the library, and we would walk to the library, and my my grandpa would scream at us to not talk to anybody while we walked. <laughs> And we would walk to the library, meet my cousin and my sister, and we would sit and read babysitters. I mean, read Berenstein Bear books uh, until we walked back to my grand, my great grandparents' very boring apartment. Um, what else? Oh, so did you read the did you read the Addie series from American Girls? I did. I think I was a little old. Like I was too old to be reading the books, but I did. What like came I did. out? In ni- yeah, they came out in like ninety three, ninety two. Um. Cause they were like they were four kids, right? Yeah, they they were for your yeah for your your ten and like eleven year olds. Yeah, cause I'm let me let me look it up. I remember I remember them. Um, so I just bought the series for Noah on eBay. Oh, that'll be cute. Cause you can't find it anywhere, but I found it on eBay. So I bought the whole Addie series for her to read on eBay. 
Oh, yay. I can't wait for her to read. Does, she, does no one like to read? Yes, yeah, she loves to read. So it's funny when you talk about this 15-minute thing because we have literally been, every night of her life, we, we, do, we do a story. Whether, you know, it used to be just like, you know, the simple books, and now we'll do chapter books and like read a chapter each night or two mm-hmm. chapters if we're really getting into it. So we're reading um, the Addie series and then a chapter book called One Crazy Summer, which is a book about these these young black kids um, having like this having this summer where like, you know, uh, a magical thing happens to them and like things kind of transform. But it's a very black setting, which I really enjoy from the nicknames to like how the grandmother is. And I try to keep most of her books black centered just to, Mm -hmm. you know. But I still want her to, have, like, I still bought her the Amelia Bedelia series. Um, I bought her the Roll Doll set oh, for yes. Christmas uh, two years ago. Forget Roll Doll oh, and no. the witches. And I oh, mean, yes. Matilda, the witches, James Matilda, and the Giant Peach. Literally like, staples in, in staples. literally life changing moments for Takia, the small child book lover. So she has the whole Roll Doll series. She has the whole Bernstein Bear series. I know a lot of people have like kind of gotten away from them because they were uh, too religious for them. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you know that's not a, really a thing in our house like that. I'm, I still they're still nostalgic for me. Right. So and I think they they teach little good lessons to kids. Values, like I'm like, like cleaning yeah values, values and, and good. clean your room. Don't you bully know? people. Like be like, a good person. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so she's got, she's got, uh, she's got her own collection of like all the stuff we were reading as kids. Then as I got older, obviously I got into like Nigliture, you I know, mean, your, uh, the coldest winner ever, your <laughs> fly girl. <laughs> uh, the, I, I had a, I had a very bad Terry McMillan stage. Oh yes. Oh yes. Uh, where I was heavily into those books. And mm-hmm. now I know that I was maybe like 14. 13, 14, reading... With te- reading Terry McMillan? I feel like I was 13, 14, that 15... That makes sense. Reading yeah. Terry McMillan, not having any business reading that mess. No. <laughs> but, um... I wanted to be Tracy and Fly Girl. I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> nigga, that's it right there. And I, you know, right around that time, you know, we progressed into, like, the Eric Jerome Dickies. Oh, and, yes. Uh, oh, you know, uh, God of- Don't Like Ugly and God <laughs> Don't Like Ugly too. Those were my books. <laughs> What a mess. (laughs) But then I got into um, not sci-fi, but kind of like uh, mythology, which was an interesting turn. Okay. Um, And I read American Gods. And I read American Gods probably in, I I don't even know, 05 or something. And I loved the book so much. You talked earlier about just like being able to paint pictures. Neil Gaiman did such a beautiful job of describing things. American Gods is kind of a blend of Greek mythology, mm-hmm. other mythologies. It's got a Nancy, and it's all these different uh, gods who come together in this real world. It, it, I don't even I don't even know how to explain it to you right now. But um, it's kind of like a modern day world. But then they're still having like a spiritual warfare. But just the way that he paints the pictures, the little uh, the little stories, the offshoot stories throughout the book. It's just so descriptive that you can literally see it, which is why when the TV show came out, 
the cinematography of it was beautiful, but there was so much packed in that book, it was hard for them to do that in the show. And then they turned around and they fired Orlando Jones. Is it Orlando Jones, Bloom? Which one's the black one? Orlando Jones? Jones? I think you talk think about so. Orlando Jones. I think it's Orlando Jones. Because, but, yes, that's, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. American Gods, yes. He played a Nazi, and then they fired him from the show, which pissed me off because he was the best thing about it. But anyway, I'm getting off <laughs> subject. American Gods was such an incredible book to me, and that's when I started kind of really getting into my, like, because uh, I, I was really fascinated with mythology growing up, whether it was... Um, you know, reading about the Egyptian gods or reading about Greek mythology, obviously uh, African ancestry and our mythology. I I loved reading about those, just those origin stories. So, you know, as an adult, it kind of turned into literature, for in, into that literature for me. Then he did like a, a sequel and a Nazi sequel that was really good. So, yes, I love books. I love books. I see while you was reading the mythology, I had a stage... <laughs> Where I was very much into like black autobiographies. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So also, I remember, <laughs> yeah. So I remember we read um, we read Zora Neale Hurston, mm-hmm. um, Their Eyes Are Watching God in school, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I remember from there I kind of I remember I I, I read um, My Angelo I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. Mm-hmm. I read, of course, Malcolm X. I read Bluest Eye, Asada. Yes, Mm -hmm. I read. You know, all of all of these things. um, You know, Langston Hughes, Mm -hmm. uh, W. E. B. Du Bois. Um, um, I read. I I remember in um, in uh, my senior year in high school, I took an African American literature class, Mm -hmm. um, and I read uh, a lot of Richard Wright. That's when I got into like Native Son and. um uh it was not not a th- not a uh, no 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 I'm thinking of a thousand Spl- splendid sons that's not black that was um middle eastern somewhere I forget yeah um James Baldwin I remember my reading my um, favorite with his listen I my talking favorite about reading okay? <laughs> My favorite. Reading. My he's still favorite. reading us. He's still reading America today. to this day. <laughs> I mean, we just we just stand. Um, but yes, um, I remember uh, reading. I remember reading the color purple, mm-hmm. um, which was not. I an just bought a new copy of that. But yeah, I, I remember from there I transitioned into like plays. So I read a lot of plays. I read a lot of Alice Walker. I read a lot of Tennessee mm-hmm. Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, we read The Glass Menagerie in uh, mm-hmm. in school, and that sort of sent me into a um, a moment where I was really into reading all kinds of plays. Um, so yeah, I read some Ralph Ellison. Those kinds of things. I re- I remember very distinctly being captivated by the way that black people told stories mm-hmm. feeling it's always been the best yes and feeling very seen and represented mm-hmm. you know while we were reading things like the odyssey and moby dick you know mm-hmm. and, and not so much connecting i remember i read the diary of miss jane Pittman. Mm-hmm. um so all of these things um i very much remember That's and i one of and my I, favorites i love i got I remember I, I took, I remember in high school, I was in the AP English class 
And, and I was one of, course, of the only, the summer before the only that, you have your reading list of books that they tell you to read. So during the first week, you have to complete an assignment based on the book that you read in the summer. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was the only black person in the class who read, and the diary of Miss Jane Pittman was on the list. And so I had to write like a book report or a paper or something about the diary of, of, of Miss Jane Pittman. And I wrote it and thought that I did a good job. And I had this crazy white man, English teacher, who sweat, he used to sweat through all of his shirts, his pits, he had pit stains. I don't care if it was a sweater. I don't care if it was a sweat shirt. He had a trench coat. It was always a pit stain, <laughs> which was just disgusting. He always smelled like red onions in class. It would just be terrible. But I remember he, um, he had said, some, it was some sort of, I don't even remember exactly what it was. But he made some snide remark about my report on Miss Jane Pittman. Like, he wrote it in the margins in, like, red ink or something. It was, like, cute, but some, some, some. Like, he said it was very, like, flip. And I just took it home. And I remember my grandfather read that. And when I tell you d shine his shoes and came up to that school the next day. <laughs> Let me, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because I'm sitting here, I'm listening to him. like, wait a minute. I literally had the same thing happen. I had to write a report, and I, I had to. It, this yes. was earlier on because this was a younger book. Roll of thunder, hear my cry. I don't even remember like and what this white it was, lady what his hated on was. Me. It was just like it's clear that you enjoyed this book and you read it and you understood it. It was like you know you maybe got a little too deep or too excited or let's not get carried away. It was kind of like let's not get carried away. Don't do too much or something like you know it's a good book, but mm-hmm. dang, like something mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. something like that. My grandfather came up to that school and was like, let me tell you. 37 things white man okay what we won't be doing today we will not belittle the contributions <laughs> of african-american authors like this Same. like jane pittman Same. i mean jane pittman was uh, i mean he went oh off on this white man and was like how dare you dismiss this child's good excitement for african-american literature like he went off and i was just sitting there like yup and my grandmother was like, I'm pulling, to, I'm pulling her out of this class mm. because I cannot trust you mm. to cultivate her gifts properly. Like, and it was a mess. <laughs> it was a total mess. And no. we were standing, me and my mother was, was standing behind Dita like, yup, say something else. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was, mm-hmm. it was a Have moment. You read the diary, Ms. But Pittman? I remember being like, no. like, that was one of the first times when I, um, when I realized that there were some white people who were surprised, shocked, or thought that my my loving, me being a lover of books or me being a strong writer, a strong reader was some sort of anomaly. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, people used to treat it like it was like, a, oh my God, Takiya is so exceptional. It's like, no girl, we be reading. What you think? <laughs> no, we, ju- we enjoy reading too. I don't like that yeah. actually. They did the same thing with my mother where they would talk about our reading levels and because I was an mm-hmm. avid reader, if I could sit in the back of the classroom and read a book, that's what I was doing. And I don't like that emphasis. Oh, they're so, they're so black people like to read, too. Mm-hmm. We like to read and we like to write, nigga. And we've been doing it as long as we can. So I don't understand the shock and the awe of it. But no, I, that is so funny because we and had I, the exact same I thing. Would venture I, to, to I would venture to say that there are probably many other cry. people at the kitchen table right now. <laughs> other uh little brown black and brown boys and girls who who have, have had similar experiences absolutely um but yeah here we are reading i mean 20 years absolutely. later um let me ask you this 
If there was a book or one or two books, I know it may be hard to sort okay. of narrow it down to one that had a large impact on you. Like, is is there a book that you can think of that stands out as as a book that changed your life, changed the way that you see things, changed your perspective in any way? Well, the book I'm reading now is absolutely um, incredible incredible uh and i know fran spoke about it uh crystal and i gave her a mm-hmm. copy for her birthday um it's called opening to spirit uh and it's um it just it discusses african spirituality and and your chakra work <laughs> your, your chakras and your energy but it just has uh it's it's a really beautiful beautiful book i'm actually not even done with it because it's one of those where it's not like a read straight through, um, like a fictional book. It's a it's one that you like sit and you read a portion, and you do some exercises and you start you know kind of really meditating on on your own shit you know incorporating it into your own life. So it's a that's one that has been um, that's been absolutely just incredible. And then mm-hmm. you mentioned it already mm-hmm. earlier, but the autobiography of Asada Shakur, Asada's autobiography is one of my forever books. Um, when I lived on my own for a really <laughs> long time and there was always a copy on my toilet. Always. That is the one book that said if anybody went to the bathroom, it got sprayed and everything. But if anybody went to the bathroom, it was always a copy of Asada Shakur's autobiography, um, which also then car- I carried in my backpack because I used to have to ride the train with many white people to go to Columbus <laughs> Circle, and that was the best way to make them feel uncomfortable. Whoa, but <laughs> uh, I just have such an immense respect for her. I want to go to Cuba and find her, but I know that's not going to happen. Um, you know, that's the that's really the first time where I was like, yes, burn all this shit so down! It definitely had an impact on me. Um, I've read it a couple of times, well, a few times in, in my life, and I feel like every yeah. time I pick it up, I'm in a different yes, season or several. stage or or, yeah. or phase of my life, and I feel like I connect with it on a different level. So it's just one of those books that literally keeps on giving. Um, yes. If I could go into Toni Morrison right now, we would actually be having like seven kitchen table talks. So I think <laughs> I think we should actually save now you know Toni Morrison as genius Toni Morrison discussion one day. It's taken me like she's she is mm-hmm. the author that pushed me in so many ways. Like you know, I've always been a person mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. loved mm-hmm. to read and and really sort of mm-hmm. took to reading, but like. Toni Morrison's books are are not mm-hmm. books that I feel like I don't want to say they're not leisure reading for me because they I do enjoy them but I have to study I have to study Toni Morrison like she's they're the author that, that you got to read them sentences <laughs> two and three times and we'd be like okay yeah. let me go back because what like 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 I got to sit you know mm-hmm. I'm like wait a minute let and me you have to sit with okay, it so, and you have what? to like <laughs> um so that's why mm-hmm. and I at first you mm-hmm. know when I was younger I was off put. Mm-hmm. And and I, I used to be like, you know, everybody loves these books. Maybe I'm just not smart enough because I'd be struggling. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, going back in and no. really committing to seeing the book through um, really gave me uh, a, 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 a like so much appreciation for like literary art 
and and recognizing the level of gifting mm-hmm. that somebody like Toni Morrison yeah. had, how she what was she embodied, and and how masterful an author mm-hmm. she she really is. And it took some mm-hmm. time for me to get there, but I, I'm I definitely remember. Uh, I remember that pretty significantly. The color purple also has a great significance to me. Um, And I I just, that's another one. And I don't even remember how or why, Mm -hmm. but I remember literally being captivated by that book as a, as a teenager. Um, And I read it again, um, maybe when I was around 25, 26. Um, And I I honestly feel like I might pick it up again uh, now because I do feel Mm -hmm. like it's one of those books you got to read every 10 years. Yeah. Oh, I told you I just bought um, a, fre- so a, a fresh I, I definitely, copy. Um, fresh and, and like an anthology book that I read, I, I um, was an English writing. Well, English writing was one of my minors in college. And at that time I was introduced to uh, really studying like folklore and memoirs and, and those kind of things. And Zora Neale Hurston's folklore memoirs and other writings, mm-hmm. like that whole anthology, like changed the game for me. Um, oh. on, on so many levels and I really fell mm-hmm. in love with the short story mm-hmm. at then right and so that 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 was probably that was a, a pretty big mm-hmm. pivotal mm-hmm. book for me um and I mean of course I love more recent things like more more recent sort of uh books that have you know I feel like all my, my favorite books are things that were published in the 90s <laughs> or prior to maybe I'm just old that way but mm. <laughs> no i uh, i'm trying to think what i okay let me ask you this have you read a book that you um were surprised that you enjoy that surprised that you enjoyed it like maybe it was a recommendation or so something okay along those lines, if we, if we go into like actually yes so so uh, the things that come to that came to mind immediately were like those you know, the era where it was like the, the self-published black authors were publishing like True to the Game and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I judge True to the Game because, you know, my nerdy self, my nerdy self would be in there like, you know, <laughs> this is a comment needs to be a semicolon. Like I would be editing the book. And, you know, just being snooty and snide. But if I if, if I'm honest and and, you know, I, I can own that I did not expect to really stay engaged with the story, but I did. Like, you know, so so that those are the first books that come to mind. But if I was to think a little bit okay. more, well, is there one for okay. you? Let me think a little bit more. Um, Yes. So it was a, I think it was a gift. It was a gift or a recommendation, one oh. or the other. Um, it was, it's a memoir by a white woman named uh, really? Mishna Wolf. Exactly. <laughs> Called I'm Down. And um, I was like, so you, you know, I don't really need to go into it. You all already know my thoughts, my feelings and in, in, in my heart. Uh, so, so I did not uh, I didn't really intend to read it. And then I didn't in- expect to enjoy it. And it was actually a very like pleasant, enjoyable read. It was just one of those because I do I do I do love, you know, I'm right now I'm, I'm into opening to spirit, but I like a nice easy read as well like to a company I like something where I can just kind of get into the story I like books that make me chuckle out loud and I'm down was about this white woman 
who, as a young girl, it's her memoir. It's her. It's actually uh, Mishnah's w- uh, memoir, but she's this white girl who grows up in an all black neighborhood. So that's why when it was first, you know, told when I was first told about it, I was like, yeah, I don't know about all that. They were like, no, 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 you got to read it. So she grew up in a black neighborhood, and her sister was always accepted by the black kids in the neighborhood. Her father was this like white man who loved black culture. He'd be playing spades with his homeboys. He made her call right. all his homeboys uncle such and such, and it would always be abandoned niggas. And she was just this like, just this lily white girl. She's like, I couldn't dance. I couldn't do shit. My sister was able to get everything down with, with you know, with the kids in the neighborhood, and I couldn't do none of it. I was just white. And I just, I, that's just who I always was. It disappointed my father. <laughs> It disappointed my sister, but I was just white. And it wasn't because I didn't want these things. It was because I just didn't have the ability. And it was just actually an enjoyable read. So So that was one of those books where I I didn't expect to enjoy it. As you were sharing that, it made me think of a time in high school. Remember when I told you I took that that African-American literature class in in high school? I think in my senior year. It was taught, interestingly Mm -hmm. enough, it was taught by a a white man named Mr. Davis. And Mr. Davis was a white man, but he was like, he mm-hmm. was kind of like a John B, you know? You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, it was just like, <laughs> okay, you want to teach this class? Okay, we'll give you, okay. Okay, so, you know, I just was like, okay, we'll get into okay, it and see okay, what he got Rachel to say. Told us all. He made, well, he, he told us about, you remember, um, I don't know if you were familiar with the story, with the, with the book Black Like Me by John Howard Griffin. Black Black Like Me by John Howard Griffin was a was a story no, of a white man who was a journalist in the 1960s, and he uh, literally mm-hmm. turned himself into a black man and lived his life as a black man for a year or so oh, shit. and chronicled his experience. Oh, I'm looking at it right um, here. So he literally right. So th- I don't remember Look exactly how he drinks. did it. That he took like some medication that was prescribed to people who had vitiligo to like darken his skin. Um, and he wore makeup and changed his features mm-hmm. and, you know, did all kinds of things. Now, <clears throat> oh. Mr. Davis told us to read this book and I was adamant, like, uh-uh, this some bull. I'm not finna read this. Like, what? Like, I was on some like, what? <laughs> what? Like, like, is everybody crazy? I remember just, like, looking Hell around the room, no. like, do y'all get this man telling us? What is this? Like, I remember, like, literally being like, what on earth? And, um, you know, but got into the book, and it was it was such... It was, it was probably the first time that I had seen in print a white person acknowledge the, uh, the inhumanity of, of the Jim Crow South. And it was just a poignant, like, and, mm-hmm. and the words were so clear, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it was the first time I had, had, you know, seen that level of acknowledgement from from white from white people, and I just remember that experience resonating with mm-hmm. me really deeply, and and being validated and affirmed, and I mean, like, you know, just seeing a white person acknowledge, like, yes, this is a thing, and the book was written in like nineteen. I mean, it, I mean, it's been out for over 50 years. So even when I was in high school, it was 30 years old. Um, but mm-hmm. but um, it's still a very resonant story that even if you were to pick it up today, 
would mm-hmm. I think would be a profound experience for for black people. Um, so that's a book that I did not expect to to. I mean, well, did not expect to like or or didn't think that it would be impactful or fruitful for me to read it. Um, but it turned out that it was one mm-hmm. of those like mm-hmm. game changer kind of books for me. Like, oh. I mean, there are parts of it where it gets tough, yeah, right? To where it's like, all course, right. Yeah. But, 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 you know, but you know, when you work through it, when you work through okay. it, like, you know, it <laughs> well, is, yes. it is a, a interesting. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's an interesting book to read. And so, I don't know. I, I, I definitely remember that sort of being a game changer. So, do you think that you would ever write a book? It's funny you should ask that. Um, so, when I was pregnant, uh, and had, like, you know, I was living a personal hell on earth. Oh. Um, at certain parts of it. Not the whole thing. <laughs> uh, but certain parts of it were hell on earth. Um, when it was all said and done, I was like, you know, you know, what to expect when you're expecting is cool or whatever. Right. I was like, but I think I want to write a book, and y'all better not fucking steal it, <laughs> called Fuck the Glow. Um, and it was just going to be about the on my honest experience. And I wanted to compile a bunch of different women's personal experiences, um, who have dealt with difficulties in childbirth or non difficulties in childbirth. Some of the real honest things that you deal with that they don't necessarily talk to you about. Like if you don't have insurance, how you can have a, uh, laundry list of shitty doctors, who, you know, are just assigned because they're there to deal with people who are low income or don't have insurance, and then you're not treated as well. Or, um, you know, uh, just, like, dry heaving for no reason at the mm-hmm. supermarket, and you don't even, <laughs> like, they talk about morning sickness, and everybody's like, oh, you throw up once, you're fine. No, bitch, I'd be at the meat counter, and then all of a sudden I'm dry heaving, and the man thinks I'm crazy. Like, just all, just real-life experiences uh, through being pregnant, and I wanted to call it "fuck the glow." Right. What about you? Well, you've excuse me, you've written books, but well, I mean, I, I mean my dissertation, I guess, technically is a book, but uh, it is it is something that I've always wanted to do, um, and I've wanted to write, you know, fiction and nonfiction. So there is, Ooh, I've, yes. I've always wanted to. I, I remember I wrote this story. I took a narrative inquiry class in college, and we had to write a a book. A short story. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, and I wrote, um, I wrote this short story. I, w- I don't even know where I would try to find it, but it was like my first time r- writing fiction, and I absolutely loved it. It was some the story of some little girl who lived in the city, um, and you know, had dreams of of being, uh, like dr- dreams of leaving the city, um, but because you know of where she grew up and her not really knowing. Uh, <laughs> much or no you know having a lot of access to to different resources she would transport herself to these places through her journal and i don't even i don't even remember i don't even remember the title of it but you know like you know i it it, within the it was like an anthology of short stories and each short story she was in a different place sis you need Uh, to do this for black (laughs) girls like what the fuck so it was cool. It was cool. Maybe I have to I have to find that and blow the dust off of it. See if that, that'll be a thing. But I do get a kid's ass, y'all, because she needs to do this. <laughs> I feel like this is something. I feel like uh, also, 
I'm I'm working on it and I feel silly. Maybe I shouldn't share it because I don't want anybody to steal it, but I don't know. Let's talk about it. So um like we talked about before on the show, I think that there's a lot of synergies. Um, okay. I'm learning. I'm experiencing that there's a lot of synergies in the different areas of my life and my work, right? Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I used to think that podcasting was separate from my scholarly work. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, but now I'm really recognizing that there that there is a lot uh, to, to learn and how, like, you know, my life, like, informs my work in so many different ways and mm-hmm. so when I th- when I think about that you know I'm a st- I'm a s- scholar of change and transformation understanding like what people and organizations need to learn grow and change throughout mm-hmm. the different you know throughout the different evolutions of life and so uh, another thing that that is very near and dear to my heart is been you know sort of me talking about grief so I think that um uh, something that I want to do, and this is something like, you know, this is even, it's a double because um, I'm going to tell all my business, I guess. So I was talking to Reefa mm-hmm. about this because a long time ago, uh, what up, Reef? Uh, I just love her. Um, I do. I was telling her that I wanted to apply to be a TEDx fellow. Like I wanted to do the mm-hmm. TED talk. They have like a fellows program, but I will oh, always I, like two years for the last two years. I've talked myself out of and out of doing this application. Um, but I'm going to get my my SHIT together and, and do you. it this year. But but I want to talk about how grief. I want to you know grief the game changer because I feel like there's so much that we learn. Mm-hmm. through like grief grief is an awesome lens it's an awesome framework for thinking about the different changes in in uh, of life and like grief has sort of transformed me in in many different ways and grief is a part of the transformation process and that you know transformation requires things to die and us mm-hmm. to sort of evolve through that so grief the game changer is something and, and you know i think that my my um my scholarship the work that i'm doing uh, around organizational change and the grief that organizations go through as they are aspiring toward change and mm-hmm. transformation. So that's kind of like an area and maybe this will be some accountability for me, but that's kind of an area where I see myself um, sort of headed as far as like some of the written work that I, that I want, want to do. That's um, beautiful. Cause I, I do think that grief is a, is a master teacher and it, it and I feel like it's unfortunate that we've all had to deal with grief in some way, shape, form or fashion. But if I'm honest, the process of me grieving, uh, my brother, someone who is so close to me mm-hmm. and losing that, like the process, navigating that process, um, has really been an awesome lens for me to think about life and purpose and all of that. So, so those are my, so yeah, man. Those are the books that I feel I like beautiful. are in that's my beautiful. in my spirit to to offer, and hopefully don't nobody steal them. But listen, <laughs> if you do, your book is gonna flop and fail. Your your <laughs> your words are gonna come out disheveled and uh and confused. Well, yeah, I think I think okay, that I'm putting is, it on I you. Think, I mean, I, I just <laughs> think that reading is is such a gift. It's such a blessing. It's such a an opportunity for us to sort of escape the the heaviness of reality, right? There are times when, when life can really be heavy, but reading can be a respite, right? It can literally like be like a break from, from what you are con- currently facing or dealing with. And I'm just glad that we could celebrate books and reading 
today at the table. You've written books with other people, you know. Yeah, I know I've, I've, I've done that. some. I mean, uh, I've got some book chapters I've contributed, which is also an awesome treat because I think phenomenal. I think that you know what I love about it, uh, being a scholar, being someone who has a PhD, is I, I what, what the power of it is. That I think you know I'm positioned to contribute to the textbooks that people are reading the tools and, and resources that are used in classrooms to, to sort of to facilitate, you know, the education of the next generation of leaders and thinkers. And so um, I don't I don't take that for granted. I think that that's an important assignment. And there is a, there is a great need for little black girls from everywhere to be <laughs> to, yeah. to be doing yeah. that and contributing to the discourse in that way. So. I'm excited and I'm not the only one. So, you know, stay tuned because, you know, getting grown team type of fast. We're doing some things where it is it is my yes. hope where we can use this platform as as a as mm-hmm. a means for amplifying other black scholars and thinkers, people mm-hmm. who are contributing, yep. you know, sort of limiting, shortening that gap between the academy and real life, because a lot of the things that we are studying have real time practical application and it's not just mm-hmm. things that we need to talk about in academic spaces, but we need to be talking about these things around the kitchen table and everywhere else where you can access the podcast. Yep. Yes. And that's why I've put some of my own things on hiatus so we can get some getting grown things together because we have some fun plans for you all. And I was sitting here thinking, I was like, why don't we write a getting grown children's book? Oh, my God. The ABCs of adulting. Why don't we, we do have that presentation that yeah, we already did? Why, we should. Hmm. Let's do a children. We should do a getting grown children's book. We should book, do something like, for tweens. Right. <gasps> yes. Like something for the for the for the people who are on the precipice of adulting. Yes. Someone who's like 16, 17 and think they grown. Let me tell you what this yep. is all about right now, sis. Oh my God, can we do that? I'm down. Things we wish we would okay. have known when we were 18. Yes. Huh? Come yes. on. Yes. Very important. Would you all read that? Yeah. Ask your teenagers. Ask your teenagers. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not even tweens and 20 somethings, because I think that there yeah. are some 22 year olds who would benefit from there that. There are as well. some 30 year olds who would benefit. <laughs> <laughs> I love to see it. <laughs> so stay tuned for some really fun things coming from Getting Grown. Um, and you know, hopefully Kia saying these things out loud is a manifestation of these beautiful concepts because I pers I would read these books. Really? Yeah, hell yeah. The the little the little black girl who transports herself through her yeah. journal. Are you fucking kidding me? The little girl. Like there was one chapter where she worked in like a a, a speakeasy in the twenties in, in Harlem. <laughs> Hello, yo! You like made like a little Hippolyta from uh, from, from, like what the fuck? <laughs> That's what oh, you gosh. did. When she oh, was gosh. transporting all over the place in the one episode of um, what's it called? I love that show, Lovecraft Country. Oh yes, love yes, shit. That's yes. what she's. I am Hippolyta. <laughs> that's a, that's what that sounds like he was doing, and I would love that. And I know like Noah would love to read a story like that. That would and that would open up little black girls imaginations to yeah. well where where can i transport myself in my journal options. when i'm i think yeah. we need to like black black girls need more options like yes you know, like i want like you know i one one i want to be a chemist or i want to be an astronaut i want to be a a fighter a fighter pilot i don't know anything yeah an olympian anything so what would that look like i love that 
I love that so much. I, I, I would love to see that means. come to fruition. The resources, Lord, send the resources to follow through. Okay. I love that. Oh, I love that. Okay. Well, that is our kitchen table talk this week, you know, for our bibliophiles and such. Uh, We'd love to hear some of your favorite book suggestions. We are actually, we talked about this kind of casually. I think he and I are both on board to to reboot the getting grown book club. We are. We are. Um, so we are going to talk, we're talking through that as well as many other ways to engage and have you all be a part of our community and a bunch of, uh, in our community that like kind of breaks out into other communities. It's very dope. So we'll have more of those announcements coming to you soon. But in the meantime, let's head over to this honesty box. Let's do it. If you're carrying a credit balance month after month, it can feel like you're in a never ending cycle of debt. Upstart can help you make that final payment so you can get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all online. Whether it's for paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score and is expanding access to affordable credit. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income and current employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see a rate upfront for loans from $1,000 to $50,000. You can get approved the same day and can receive funds as fast as one business day. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com grown. That's upstart.com grown. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash grown. Honestly? Truly. All right. It's time for this good honesty box, and I am ready for one of your pseudonyms. Okay. Uh, let's do... Um, okay, hold on. Jill Scott. Okay. <laughs> and I want you to listen closely to this one because this is more in your... Me? Um, yes, your, okay. your category of expertise. All right. Dear Jade and Kia, I hope that you all are doing well and staying safe in the middle of this Pantene Pro-V. Mess. Just a total mess. <laughs> I love it. Keep them coming. <laughs> you can name me however you'd like. Well, you are Jill Scott. Jill Thank Scott. you. I am writing to you both for advice on how to stay motivated in really difficult times. I'm currently a 24-year-old entering my third year of my Ph.D. I know that pursuing a Ph.D. would be a long and arduous journey, but I did not know that I would be doing this in the middle of a global pandemic. Much of my research is conducted in a research lab, and in Toronto, where I am from, we had six months of lockdown with no data collection. Mm -hmm. My advisor is in no way pushing me to make up for lost time, but I'm struggling to find the motivation to continue. I want to move forward, but sometimes I feel like I'm stuck. How have you found motivation and pushed yourself in some hard and trying times? If by any chance you get to read this email, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Oh, God bless and stay safe, Jill Scott. Jill, girl. Jale. Jale from Philly. Okay, so I think that I want to start by saying this Ponderosa, this mm-hmm. <laughs> COVID-19 and all of her line sisters, you know. Oh, my God. Her and all of her evil sisters. It is just like 
this is an unprecedented time. And so I, I feel, I know, I know the PhD in sort of navigating, you know, these terminal degrees, we all go into it with a timeline in mind and that, you know, the clock starts ticking and that pressure um, is on us to complete things, um, you know, as we plan to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that I that I will say is that, you know, the PhD taught me that, you know, you know, it's always great to have a plan, but really flexibility and adapt and adaptability are really what's going to see you through to, to mm-hmm. the end of it. And so I want to encourage you to know that, um, you know, you don't, I, I want to, to encourage you to, to relieve yourself of the pressure to know how to get a PhD during the pandemic. Cause that's not something that you should feel like you are mastering or, or doing, doing well. Um, it's totally fair and warranted for you to feel this pressure. We are navigating a global, uh, you know, a, t- a time of, 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 of a lot of death mm-hmm. and destruction and, and depression and good news and, and bad news. And so um, you not being motivated or you feeling, you know, distracted by what's going on around you is totally fair. Um, and I want you to sort of allow yourself that space. Um, yeah. Because it's, you know, there are times when, unfortunately, our, our work is not the priority. Like, you know, our, our work, it's hard for, for your, your research to be front and foremost, front and center in your mind mm-hmm. when people are dying around you um, yeah. and, and when we are navigating such a, literally a, a global health crisis. So I just want to sort of say that, like, it's totally fair for you to be where you are. You are not behind. You are not, uh, you are not, you know, I don't know. I I just want you to know that you're not doing poorly. You are, you are doing well. Um, um, and so I want you to sort of sit with that. Let that sort of really be a thing for you. Remind yourself of that, write it on a post-it and put it on your, on your lab table, Mm -hmm. on your desk, on your laptop, remind yourself that every day I show up to the lab and do anything is a great day for me. I, I, I am out here. Um, Absolutely. Because we are in a really trying time and everybody's productivity has taken a hit. I don't care who you are. And I don't nope. care how many people you see on Instagram or done started a business or paid off all their debt during this time. We, all of us have, have taken a, our productivity has taken a hit. And I think that's for the best. I think this time has taught us that our product, you know, there are times when, what we do is not as important as, you know, who we are, what we need. Yeah, and what we need. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I want to just yeah. sort of ground ground my, ground my comments in that um, and also offer you um, that it's okay if your timeline is extended because of a global crisis. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, it's okay if it, instead of you finishing your PhD in four years, it takes four and a half or five. It's totally okay. There's no, you know, there, there is, there's no shame in that. There is no fault. Doesn't make you any less brilliant. Your PhD is still going to have all of the pizzazz that it, <laughs> that it has. Mm-hmm. If you get it, you know, if, if it takes you 
two, uh, a year or two more to 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 wrap it up. Um, and as far as your motivation, um, one of the things that I have been sort of uh, doing for myself because I too am, you know, just tired. I think I, you know, at at, at work. Uh, there's been lots of pressure for us to sort of continue to do even like, you know, there, we, we were not given an opportunity to slow down, um, mm-hmm. which I think is important. But unfortunately, I was not given an opportunity to slow down at work. And now, um, you know, I'm really, really honestly feeling the the weight of just constantly going, 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 going during a very difficult time in the world and one so and as such i'm i'm working a lot slower i'm i'm not as inspired to keep pushing mm-hmm. um but one of the things that i try to keep myself grounded in is that every where i am is where i'm supposed to be and i and that i pray every day for for god to equip me with what i need to make it to the end of that day yep. um i have my goals and the things that i'm working on but i'm more focused right now on learning how to integrate flexibility into my days. I'm speaking up and asking for what I need. If that's more time, Mm -hmm. if that's more support, if that's help, if that's another set of hands or eyes or somebody else to take on another task, if that's delegating things off to other people, I'm taking Mm -hmm. that time to prioritize that and really trying to cultivate um, spaces where I'm restored in spirit and mind to sort of, you know, you know, we can't really produce and create and think when we are tired and stressed out. And so yep. the onus then is on us to really prioritize creating space in our lives to really sort of rest and recover and and sort of reclaim the joy that comes from our creativity and the things that, you know, there was a time when your research turned you on and made you, it, it inspired you and motivated you to, you know, to want to keep trying new things and testing things out. And in all of the crazy, it's totally fair for that to have, you know, gotten lost for a moment. And so our priority mm-hmm. then is to sort of reclaim that, find it again. What are the things about my research that make me excited mm-hmm. and, and trying to create, create it? And so I don't know. That's just what I'm working on. Those are the things that are helping me. I make lists. I try to pick one or two things that I want to do or accomplish every day. I'm trying to set smaller goals instead of saying I need to accomplish six things today. If I can accomplish these two things, you know, I'm taking breaks. I'm trying to go outside and, you know, open my blinds. I'm trying to work out. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm trying to reincorporate time to lay down or watch TV into my day because those are the things that, you know, give my mind the the break that it needs to, to try to get back to thinking uh, the yep. way that I that I need to. So I think there are times where we have to slow down. And I know I'm talking a lot. I'm going to shut up. Oh, you're fine. No, please. Um, there are times we have to slow down to speed up again. And mm-hmm. so maybe this time for you, um, if you feel yourself slowing down, instead of resisting it, embrace it. Open yourself up to it. And remember that it is very much a part of the process. It doesn't make you any less great, any less brilliant, any less powerful, any less a bad bitch. But mm-hmm. but there is there is there is um, it's an opportunity for you to sort of to um, look inward and figure out the things that are uh, that alleviate or mitigate your stress um, and free you up 
to 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 do all the things that you know that you do well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> I think Kia said it. Um, there's no shame in anything. No shame. At all. I'm about to go back to school mm-hmm. at 36. <laughs> and it's fine. And it's you going to be I'm an saying? adjustment. It's going to be like it's, a dang. Is. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah. No, it absolutely is. I'm already having the, the palpitations <laughs> of God. And... I already know, you know, it's go, it's gonna, it is gonna be an adjustment, but you know, it is what it is, and I had to find the motivation to do that. You know what I mean? At thirty six, <laughs> so I say all that to say, you know, you, you, it comes when it's ready to come, and like you said, we're living in the middle of a global pandemic, literally. So there's really no shame in anything right now. Like yeah. you do what you need to do, and you don't do more than you can do. There are some times when you can't, like, I had to, like, own it and be like, sometimes I can't sit to the table and do this data analysis or I can't think to read these emails because I'm scared. Because I mm-hmm. saw something on the internet or on the news that literally scared me. It's, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's all of these, you know, the number, the COVID cases going up or anything that's going on in the world. Shootings, mm-hmm. fires, there's so much happening. And I have to be honest about the fact that those things trigger me. And when I'm triggered, I cannot sit down to this Excel sheet and get nothing done. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to, you know, work when you're afraid, like you should be able to focus on what are the things that I need to sort of make myself okay so that I can be Mm -hmm. okay and do my work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. That's very important. We have to, we've got to do, don't let nobody tell you that that's not important. That should be priority. Yes. Over over your productivity. Yes, Because if you're not okay, ain't going to be no productivity, no way. So what are we saying? If Simone Biles can say, I am not participating in this right. event of the Olympics, you can say, I ain't got it right now. I'm not good. Like, I'm not, I'm not good. I'm not, I know that y'all need me to do this, but I'm not good right now. So I need some time until I can be good again. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's, and and honor that, honor that. Like, that's so real. Um, and yeah. So Jill Scott girl, get to the lab when you can. You will, yeah. you will continue to do well because you've done well to get you to this point. So don't start thinking that, you know, this is this is not about doubting yourself. This is not about, uh, you know, being lazy. This is about I got to do what I need to do for me. If I'm not motivated, then maybe I need to take some time to think about why I'm not motivated no more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and really lean into it so that we can figure out where where it's coming from and we can do something about it. Absolutely. I hope that's her- helpful, Jill Scott. Yeah, man. And uh, also, you are 24 I years mean, old a in babe. a PhD program. A babe in Yo, Christ. You are, are you crazy? You, are, you, already, you already good, girl. And you deserve <laughs> a nap, okay? Yeah, what would be the difference yeah. if you getting your PhD at 25 or 26? Child Nothing. <laughs> Nothing, honestly. You can honestly go nap for two whole years and you'll girl. still be ahead. <laughs> bless your heart so just perspective uh, continue to send your odyssey box questions to getting grown podcast at gmail.com and don't forget you can also send your journal submissions oh, yes. which are things that you may need to share but you don't have any other space in which to do it and you know Kia and I don't we love a pseudonym <laughs> so, <laughs> so 
I, I would I would love to do some journal entries as well um, and make sure you all, you know, title things in the subject lines and so forth so we know what's what. But, yeah, send those over to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com and we will move along to this black woman self-care. All right. I deserve All right, black woman self-care. Mine is very uh, short and to the point. Uh, last week... Um, I had my very first over-the-night house guest. Overnight oh, house guest. Oh, yes, yes, you did. Latoya, you know, friends of the show, my bestie. Toya came and spent the week with me last week. And we Love really didn't have any, we didn't have any plans, you know? We just, we did, she worked, I worked, but we, you know, we went grocery shopping and we cooked and we just had a good time. We watched I the verses. Um, we watched television we went out to eat once or twice, you know, and we just had time. You know, we were we were both sort of just needing to just both of us live alone and just needed some company. Um, and Toya hadn't seen the house since I moved in last year. Mm-hmm. So it was just the first time that she was able to come out and we were able to kick it. And it was really everything that I needed and a little bit more. I love that so much. You know, mm-hmm. community is so important. Um, you know how much we stress that and talk about that here on the show and because we actually believe it in real life. Shout mm-hmm. out to Toya. I love Toya. I actually have to go pick up some skates from Toya. <laughs> um, but it's so funny because my, so my black woman self-care is in the same vein of community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to go to L.A., I told you the other week, um, for some work. And it was really nice because I got to spend some some good time with XD. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hadn't had our good just like hangout time in a while. And then uh, I got to spend some time with Antonio. Nice. And so I put Antonio on to pose. And so since I've been back, Antonio and I have been having our own little Netflix watch parties. I love it. And watching episodes of Pose together or Netflix. I love it. Um, you know, I just like Antonio. I'm gonna have to call him. Yeah, call him and check up on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he would love to hear from you. But we've been having some just our little Netflix watch and we'll just watch like one little episode, you know, on a random evening where we have an hour free. Or we'll make an hour free, and it's it's been it's just been really nice. So it's like even when your friends move away or they're not close, or you know because of the times that we're living in, you may not want to hang out. There's still ways to do it, and I just I just think it's beautiful. We need to have like a get and grown watch party of something. Oh, we can absolutely do that. I will I set it why. up. Yeah. What do you want to watch? I don't know. We need to like find out. Like I don't know. Maybe that's a poll or something we could have. Um, okay yes we'll set it up xd and i do do watch parties with our page with our patrons so we can do a getting grown watch party on senior we'll set it up kia and i will host it and we'll be able to all you have to do is have whatever um streaming service that we choose the program from but we'll give you all a poll we'll make some choices uh and oh my god this is gonna be so much fun yes Okay. Yay. We love the TVs and the movies. We, we do, do love the TVs and the movies. Okay, I'm down for it. It's happening soon. Make sure you all stay tuned. Right. Um, shall we move along to our petty peeves? Sure. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P E to the T T Y, honey. honey, honey. 
Oh, it's time for the petty peeves. Let's put our petty on parade. So I took Noah. So there's this uh, spe- there's this little not exhibit. I don't know what you pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Pixar putt putt. Oh, nice. So I took Noah. So, you know, putt-putt, all golf is 18 holes. Mm -hmm. And each hole is a different theme of a Pixar movie. So they have a couple of, like, Toy Story ones. They have a Coco one where you have to, you know, do the ball on the, like, the guitar strings. Uh They have uh, a Ratatouille one, which is super cute. They have a Cars. Like, it it is the cutest thing. It's here in New York until October. So we took her down to that to go play putt-putt, trying to find as many, like, outside activities that we can do as possible that, you know, are not festivals. Uh, No shade. And (laughs) um, so we go to do that or whatever. And, you know, you have to wait behind the group that's in front of you in putt-putt. Like, that's just standard. That's what you have to do. So patience is necessary. But it was... Two sets of pants. Everybody else is, like, rolling. Everybody else is moving as they should. You know, we're all flowing. When you have to wait for the next one, we all kind of, like, find in our own space to stand in. But it was two particular families. It was one father and his child who decided that they were going to play in whatever order that they wanted to. Mm-mm. And he would allow his child to come stand on whatever platform, whatever little exhibit it was. He would allow the child to come stand there while we were trying to play our rounds. And then it was another four a set of four where they were just standing around anything anybody was doing. And so I finally was like, okay, listen, personal space, six feet. You all are going to have to go get on the line and figure out which putt you supposed to be at <laughs> because y'all niggas is hither and thither. Everybody else is moving in line, but y'all is here and there and everywhere else, just darting around like flies at the putt putt. So that's it. That's my petty peeve for the family. What y'all don't have no, I don't know if it's a lack of consideration or just a lack of common sense. I can't figure out which one it is, but it's aggravating and you need to get it together. That's it. Personal space. Very important. Very important. So I had, okay. So I ordered, um, a pair of shoes. Oh, Oh Oh, no, no. I have a, well, I can give an update. So I, cause I feel like, I mentioned it on a show before. Did I mention that um, I ordered uh, a mirror and it it, it was delivered to me? It was broken. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so I followed the customer service protocol as outlined on their website and social media and, you know, spoke to someone and, you know, proceeded for the last three weeks to be sort of given the runaround on like, you know, when, you know, things were going to be processed and, and you know, things and, and I felt like things had kind of reached a standstill because I, you know, contacted customer service a few days in a row and was told every day that, you know, I would hear someone the following day, um, but never got any emails or phone calls. And so I, you know, felt like I hit a wall with the customer service reps. And so I took to the Internet, I took to Twitter and sort of outlined what was going on. And then I, you know, learned that the company's Twitter wasn't as active, um, but they were much more present on Instagram. So I did an Instagram post and our community showed up (laughs) (laughs) as you all do. Um, I wasn't, you know, 
looking for any of you to do what you did but you know this is how we respond no, how we you know mm-hmm. when there isn't a, a matter an issue um you know folks just sort of fall in line and you all you know proceeded to shut down <laughs> the right. the comments on you know their most recent posts i mean i mean to the to the extent that they turn comments off um <laughs> Their last, their last post. Um, but it, it was the only thing that worked because I would say, like, you know, I put the post up Wednesday or Thursday night of last week and had a call on Friday from customer service. Like, what do y'all need? What do you need me to do? And I'm like, well, <laughs> what I asked you to do from the beginning. Um, but thankfully, you know, we've reached a resolution. I have, I got my refund and someone's supposed to be coming to pick up this broken piece of furniture tomorrow. And so So they're not bringing you a new mirror. No, because I mean, they were saying essentially they said that the mirror was, if if I were to get a replacement, it would take another seven to 10 weeks. And so I didn't really have it in me to wait another two to three months for my mirror. Um, No, I, I decided that I was going to take my coins and see if I could find myself some other options. Thankfully I found, what I believe is the exact same mirror on Wayfair. So yes. um, hopefully that will be delivered in the next one to two weeks. But, you know, all's well, all's well that ends well. I think it's really unfortunate that we have to, you know, I have rally to rally like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wish that we didn't have to, uh, you know, take such a I don't even feel like it was an extreme measure because all I did was post my experience and uh, but either way yeah but it, they had to flood these motherfuckers yeah, with Z's and B's exactly. in order for them to to say anything that's a problem that's a problem and what I, th- I found was most uh most disheartening about this was the a number of people who reached out to me either via comments or even in the DM saying that they had had the same thing to happen to them Mm. Um, with this particular company. And, uh, you know, so I, I said that I was going to try and I am still doing that, you know, to identify some individuals or some resources, some people who can come on the show and help us to, to know like, what are the steps that we can take? Um, because, uh, I recognize that, you know, I'm privileged to have the, the social media platform that I do have. I don't, I know I don't have, uh, you know, millions of followers, but, I do have a community of people who support me. And so you guys were able to help me. And and for that, I'm really grateful. But I recognize that, you know, the average person may not have access to, you know, Mm -hmm. a couple thousand followers who can flood, um, you know, with comments and things. So what are some of the things that folks can do when they experience this this kind of lack of cult customer service you know mm-hmm. we, we we work hard for our money we 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 invest in things that we want for ourselves and it's unfortunate when uh you know and and what i what was fascinating me and i kept saying this i'm like y'all keep telling me one to two days to process this or that it didn't take y'all one to two days to take my money when i placed my order i know that's right it didn't take y'all one to two days to take that money um and so i don't understand why it's taking one to two days ten days three weeks for y'all to to get back to me about something that you know wasn't my fault like y'all sent me something that was defective um and so that's not my fault but uh uh, you know that's neither here nor there hopefully we'll have later in future weeks we'll have we'll be able to have a conversation in the kitchen table or some things that we can do 
to navigate mm-hmm. issues like this because unfortunately it seems to be a common occurrence. Um, That's not okay. And it's not good. But there's lots of people who are like, yeah, I ordered a bunch of furniture, didn't get it, or the <laughs> or the what? furniture that I got was broken. And folks were saying, like, you know, they didn't respond to me until I filed a chargeback with my bank or until I filed a claim with the Better Business Bureau. And I'm like, we shouldn't have to do all of that. You know, when we spend our money at these places. Well, yeah, that was going to be my, you know, if they didn't respond to the social media, then I was getting ready to hit PayPal up with a quick chargeback. Like, okay, so they ain't send me what they said. And the Better Business Bureau with how you all are moving as an entity. And so, so I do feel like, this is something, unfortunately, that happens quite a bit. And we shouldn't have to, you know, act like Karen in order to get some some things done. No. Um, and so it's unfortunate that we have to contend with this kind of stuff. But, you know, since we do, we need to be informed about how best to do it. So I agree. Um, Future kitchen table talk coming soon. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I was going to that's kind of like an update on a former pretty petty peeve. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're moving on. We got it. We got to resolve. Amen. I love to hear it. Do you want to say your original petty peeve? Um, I was going to just, I mean, it wasn't a big, big deal. I was going to say that, um, spending time with Toya was great. Um, but one thing that, you know, we experienced, uh, we went out to eat and, um, you know, <sighs> I understand that there is in in these restaurants wait staff. I understand if they're vaccinated and they no longer have to wear mask mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in some in some places. Um, and I guess that that's fine if that's their policy. But I do feel like, given that, I still want the wait staff to be mindful of personal space and. Uh, those kinds of things because we are still living in a time where we need to be distanced and make sure that we're prioritizing cleanliness and doing things to kind of avoid contamination. And so, you know, we had an experience with some waste staff who were very kind of handsy. Like they were touching the table and touching stuff in ways. I was like, y'all got to touch everything. Like, like why, why are we no, being so... No, you don't. Why are we being so touchy, so close? And I recognize, you know... You being you, you vaccinated and y'all don't have to wear your mask and stuff in here, but you know, I'm eating, so my face is out, and so I don't need you to be, you know, standing up over me, standing around me, super close to me, talking all crazy, you know, with your spittles and stuff flying all over my place. Which is really kind of disturbing, you know, right now. Like, we still got shit flying around in the air, and I, it, it's just not the time. The shit is just too early. I don't even. That's I said too it soon. It's too soon. It's too soon. It's too soon. But I agree with you, and I don't like it. Most of our wait staff is wearing masks for the most part, I feel like, but not all of the, like, employees and stuff. And I understand even, you know, with, with us being vaccinated, the vaccinations, all of that, it's just, like, you don't see what's going on. Right. Like, my sister's hospital is up 400%. 400. Mm-hmm. They are in a full red zone right now. Mm-mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? The shit is not gone. Like, it's not back when the pandemic... It's no, nigga, we are in it right now still. still very much in it. Like, well in it. Not on the way out, but in it. And as the babies babies go back to school, 
I just wonder, you know, I just feel like we have to be more vigilant not like, you know, cause things are, I feel like things will, will probably get worse before they get better. But. Ooh, yeah, no, let you're us, absolutely right. So let us pray. Yes, indeed. All let right. us pray. Well, that's another episode of getting grown y'all. Yes, indeed. And we have really enjoyed our time with you at the kitchen table this week. We really look forward to this time, as Jay said earlier, to reconnect with each other and with all of you. So thank you for listening Thank you for being a part of our family. And we'll talk yes. to you next week. Until then, sis, tell them what they need to do. Mind your, oh, oh, drink your water. Yes, okay? indeed. And, or you can eat your water. Yes. At eatwater.com. Come on. <laughs> Come on for the double shout out. Okay. It just came to me. <laughs> um, moisturize your mm-hmm. insides, your outsides. Read some books. We had yes. a whole kitchen table talk about literature. Read some books. You know what I'm saying? Just get off the shade room and go do something else. Moisturize your mind. Moisturize your body, your heels, your t- in between your toes, around yes. those cuticles. They're dry right now. Absolutely. Hit them with some oil. Oil. And lastly, mind your black ass business. Right. Why, sis? Because your black will crack if it's in my business. Okay? <laughs> it Bye. Be. Yeah, take care.